Welcome to the Honey Drop, your all-access pass to the Hamilton Honey Badgers. I'm Andrew Damelin, and this week we did something a little bit different for the pod. We went in person to the first Ontario Centre to talk to people face-to-face. I know most of us aren't used to that, but we're getting there now that the restrictions are easing. We went into the building. I spoke with three Honey Badgers, Khalif Young, Cody John, and Alex Johnson, we talked to them about a theme of comparisons, comparing themselves to NBA players and comparing the coaches that they've had along the way to their current coach, Ryan Schmidt. And we'll get to that audio in a second, but I wanted to talk about the practice that I attended. It was such an incredible experience to see how connected the team is in practice. You definitely see it on the court with uh, especially how the team is playing there, eight and three at the time of recording of this pod. But the connection is developed in practice. When guys are passing it around, mimicking their offense and making shots or even missing shots, their teammates are cheering them on every step of the way. The most memorable sort of cheer came when Trayvon Duvall came down the lane and threw down a little left-handed dunk, I think, and the whole building, all 25, I guess, players and coaching staff just said, hey, as soon as he threw it down. So everyone is behind each other on this team. Even a minor league team that's only together for a series of a few months is really a unit and it was just really cool to witness that. So that was the practice, but let's get to the interviews. Talking about NBA comparisons and the first person I spoke with was Honey Badger's power forward, Khalif Young. What is the most common comparison you've ever gotten to an NBA player? To an NBA player. I think when I was younger, I got the Zach Randolph one a lot. That was like I was bigger. Just kind of that big, kind of lefty. So that was the biggest one I kind of got as a young guy. Did you like that one? I mean, Zach Randolph was a great player, so I can't. I was can't complain about that. So yeah, that was probably my biggest one though, for sure. But he couldn't get off the ground. No, he couldn't. But he could get a bucket. He could definitely get some buckets on the ground. That's for sure. So. So the one that I came up with is pretty obvious too. Plays for the Nets, played for the Clippers. Okay. DeAndre Jordan. Okay. Now, so he's a guy that's at the latter tail of his career, but he's a guy who can roll to the bucket and just catch. He used to be able to catch anything. But I was wondering with you, is there ever a time where you're like, Coach Schmidt, can you pass me the ball in the post and like let me show off my drop step for a moment? I mean, yeah, you always have those times, but I mean, I'm also like, I realize with this type of team we have right now, we have a lot of scorers, a lot of guys that can can fill those roles, like the scoring roles, so I can do my part, and anyway I can do that, help my team win, that's what matters really to me. And who is the NBA player you would most hope to be compared to? Well, like, my ultimate favorite as a kid was Chris Bosh, so that was like the ultimate kind of Again, another lefty, played in Toronto for a long time, shoot it, could post up, could score, could finish around the rim, was athletic, so it's kind of like, like a bit of everything. So that was probably my biggest one. Do you remember how his game kind of obviously shifted when he had to go to Miami? Do you remember that sort of yeah, acceptance he, he had to his new role? Yeah, that's the only role, just three-point shooting and like that whole, that environment. He obviously was now a third option in that situation, so. Him being a shooter, kind of becoming, developing that to become his main role was 
Alright, so that's the NBA comparisons. Coach comparisons. I've I've covered Ryan Schmidt for four years at the 905. Okay. But this is the first time I've actually had a chance to talk to him at length. And I wanted to compare him to the coaches you've had in the past. If you could give me the lowdown on Ed Cooley, amazing three-piece suits. If you give me the lowdown on Ed Cooley at Providence, just that, yeah. Okay, well, I mean, it's a different environment because obviously being in a college situation and then being in a pro situation is two different, completely different environments. It's just like the responsibility he has is like, as a coach, is more is bigger because he has to develop kids as well. Like developing guys who come in at sometimes 17, 18 years old and transition into men in that respect. So he has to be a lot more of a father figure in a sense too. That's something that he definitely changed when you see two differences. But Ryan as well is a person that's very personal and very close to the guys he brings in here. So I think that they're both very personal people and really want to kind of help him develop as a person as well, which is a big thing and I appreciate that from both of them. I think that um, obviously Cooley being there for four years, like I have a connection obviously with Cooley in that situation for a while, so you get a little more of an understanding. But being with Ryan has been great as well. It's just kind of you get a, a full kind of view of how he kind of rolls, and him being this one, his being one of his first kind of head coaching like roles on this level. He's doing a great job. He's kind of really allowing us to play basketball. He doesn't really kind of limit us in any ways. Tells us, hey, I want to see you guys all shine and do your thing. So he's very positive, but also understands that he has to come down on us sometimes. He has to be hard on us and allow us to kind of learn from our mistakes and build. So I think he, he's doing he's doing a good job. I can definitely doing that. There's one thing that Coach Schmidt does that I've never seen another coach do so much, which is whenever a player checks out of a game, gives them a low five. Whenever he checks into a game, yeah. gives them a high five going to the game, coming yeah. to the timeout. Does that gesture actually mean something? Yeah, no, for sure. I think that, like, seeing that level of, like, he, I feel like when he puts you in a game and he takes you out, I think he has a level of respect and, like, support for you. He wants to see you do well when you get in. I think sometimes, sometimes guys go in who have a smaller leash on the team and understand that they're going in and that they, that whatever happens, like, they're on, they're on kind of a time clock. Like, with him, they feel like when you go in and you have those opportunities, he, for him, is a different opportunity. Like he wants to see you shine, he wants to see you do well, so he's always going to support you even if you come out and you just fouled out or you just messed up in a crucial situation, he still kind of remains that high five, he wants to see you kind of, or he'll come talk to you or he'll come say something, so, and I've been all, obviously, i played for a lot of coaches and that's something that's not always common, when, obviously when tempers flare and like people get frustrated, that doesn't I mean, always kind of remains consistent, so. Yeah, perhaps you're referring to your time in Turkey, uh, maybe where I've, I've just heard from talking to Jermaine uh -huh. all over his overseas career, the yeah, coaches yeah, were yeah. way more stressed out. And way, yeah, it's a way different environment. I think that like it's a, more, a lot more hostile environment over there. I think that you know, the coaches are very high strung in how they deal with things. And, but I mean, they they still have level of support for their players and like that. It's not something different like that. But I think that. It's a difference with the way that things are. It's more of like results, results-based. Because you're over there, you're being paid for what you're doing. It's about results and putting in that level of effort. So, but here, I think there's a lot. The development piece is a big thing. You see guys obviously all walks. You see guys that are still in college here. You see guys that are coming out of college here. That are just kind of, they're all learning as well as they're trying to develop. So, I think Ryan does a good job of kind of allowing all of us to do those things.
Yeah, and it seems like in terms of the win and loss column, it's also working out for him. Yeah, it's definitely working out so far. And uh, with a few games to go, you guys are on the way to the playoffs, and uh, we hope you guys get the bye. And Khalif, we I really appreciate the time today. Thank you. Here with swingman, two guard, point guard at times, Cody John for the Hamilton Honey Badgers. Thanks for doing this. First part of this questionnaire today is NBA comparisons. What is the most common NBA comparison that you've gotten so far in your career? Me? I've heard a little bit from friends and stuff for sure. I heard um, CJ McCollum a little bit. That was mine. I had CJ McCollum. So so what do you think compares between you two? Um, just the size, um, scoring ability, um, change of pace, um, shot maker. See, to me, it's, it's all of that, and it's also you play at your own pace. Exactly. There isn't a speed that's too fast. It's, it's, it's I'm going to go my speed, exactly. which is a bit slower than usual. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, you also went to a Smith Weaver State, correct? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. his fellow uh, running mate, uh, Dane Lillard, another guy that uh, could score could score with the best of them. It's a nice compliment to be compared to CJ McCollum. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> right? I mean, he's yeah. fantastic player. Underrated as well. He's on the trade market all the time. Exactly. Is there, is there a, I imagine he has a chip about that. Is there any chip that you have? Oh, yeah, I've been playing with a chip my my whole life. So, because a lot of people always underlooked me, like you said about CJ, same kind of thing. Always been an underdog, but always had a chip on my shoulder. And, and I know what I'm capable of doing. Yeah, and, and guys here know what you're capable of. And at, at Weber State, well, I wanted to do a coach comparison. Uh -huh. uh, so, can you give me the lowdown? on Randy Ray, head coach of Weaver State. Of um, Randy, love him to death, he's like a father figure to me. He was one of the biggest reasons why I committed to Weaver State. Um, very passionate, you know what I mean? He likes to bring the best out of guys. He will push you every single day, on and off the court. Um, and he's good, he's a good relationship guy with all the players. And that's what's really big for me, you know, building relationships on and off the court. And he's, just amazing at that. Amazing at that. And he, he believes in every single player. So, yeah, that's that's the breakdown on him. He's a little crazy, but. He's See, good. that's the common theme that I've gotten from guys on the Honey Badgers and I've covered the 905 is being treated as like an individual, no matter what type of coach. But it sounds like with uh, Ray versus Coach Schmidt, perhaps he was more of a disciplinarian type of coach. Like, if someone's messing up in practice, he might be a guy that. He's going to yell everyone on the line to yeah, run, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? It's kind of old. Uh, Coach Ray is kind of old school. He goes. Okay, so how much does that benefit you versus a player's coach such as uh, Schmidt or whoever else you might have dealt with? This, the guy that's going to be on you because to a man, I don't hear. Like I spoke with Kenny Edgem last week, mm -hmm. and he said that the guys that were disciplinarians didn't get the best out of them necessarily. Mm -hmm. So, how much? There's a, a balance as a coach have to strike between that crazy guy, like you said, Randy Ray. How much value does that add to be so crazy in that in that sense? Um, it, it does, but um, I feel like with certain players, there's, there's a level you got to get. Because certain players, they can't take that and they'll break under pressure. But with me, when I was at Weaver State, Randy could be like that with me because he knows how I will respond. You know what I mean? So. That's what he's really good at too. Certain guys they can't take it mentally, you know. So you gotta watch what you say and stuff like that for sure. But with me, like, it, it motivated me, you know. Because when I was out there just going through the motions, he'll call me out and put the whole team, and then it'll just get me going, you know. So.
So I guess it depends on the player, obviously, and that's and uh, Coach Ray and I imagine Coach Schmidt uh, does a similar thing. One of the coach I wanted to ask you about, I don't even know the pronunciation of his name, he played in Kosovo, Fatih Emery Ezer, is that his name? I, overseas. I've heard overseas coaches are way more high-strung, way more about wins and losses than individual relationships. How does this coach uh, fit into that stereotype? Yeah, wins and losses are huge. They're losing games. They want to cut you right away. You know what I mean? So you get a lot of that. But um, he was he was a good coach for sure. He, he pushed me. Um, he really he really made me try to become more of a point guard. You know what I mean? Because that's what I feel like that's what I need to be uh, to play at the highest level. And I'm working on that. And um, yeah. Well, you're in a good spot now, too, with Coach Schmidt. You got the three games away from the playoffs, hoping for the bye. And listen, Cody, we wish you the best of luck, and uh, I really appreciate the time. We are with Hamilton Honey Badgers point guard and Canada basketball three-on-three member Alex Johnson doing our comparison series. And the first is the player comparison. Is there a player that you've been compared to in the NBA the most often? Um... Probably Isaiah Thomas. New Isaiah Thomas or old Isaiah Thomas? Oh. When I was little, it was, uh, when I was little, just starting basketball, it was Isaiah Thomas, the old one, and then now it's pretty much the, the new one. It's uh, it's rare you actually have someone who's close to my age who've seen the old Isaiah yeah. Thomas. He was actually a counselor of mine in the Raptors uh, youth camp many many years ago, and I remember oh, the ball, wow. I remember the ball handling drills he used to <laughs> he used to do for us, but. Um, in terms of the new Isaiah Thomas, is it what about his game sort of is similar? He's he's a really just a proven scorer, a flat scorer, which isn't quite your game. But what yeah. what elements do you try to take from his game? Kind of just the uh, like the leadership role, kind of small, athletic, build. Probably that would be the comparison. Not not so much the scoring as much because I'm more of the, the traditional, the pass first point guard. So trying to get my my guys involved. A lot of the guys on the team have called me like the CP3, like the vet. Now that is a flattering comparison too. Yeah, nah. But there are two guys that I thought of, and I and I want to know your opinion. Okay. One of them, he played for the Mavs for a decade plus, probably had a brief stint with the Timberwolves. But he's known as a lifetime map, really. They just recently retired. Uh, short guy, I think below six feet. JJ Barrera? Yeah. What do you think of that? What do you think of that comparison? Not bad. Yeah. I can see that. Because just just intelligence on the court, just able to see things. And he's got that little pull-up three. And this is one part of your game I wanted to ask you about. It's when you catch the ball in semi-transition, kind of get your right foot behind your left foot, and it's like it freezes the defense. Am I going to shoot the three or am I going to go to the hoop? Does this move, am I making this up or is this actually a thing you're working on? No, no, it's, it's something that, that's been added to my game throughout the years I've been playing. So what does that add to your game? What, what element does that help you with uh, on the court? Um, just for the simple fact that um, I can shoot the three or I can get all the way to the, butt, the, to the basket. A lot of this, the coaching scout report is don't jump for the pump thing. So it's, it's pretty much to my advantage. Everyone is looking for me to do the pump thing. And the other person that I thought about, and only afterwards did I realize that he's also from Puerto Rico, uh, is Carlos Arroyo. Oh, nice. Yeah, I can see that too. Okay, so so before I even tell you what I see, what do you see in the, in the in the uh, similarities that you like from his game? They're both they're they're both similar. Um, both 
uh, vet point guards and someone who controls the game. Highly intelligent, highly quick, fast. So I can see where you're going with that, yeah. Okay, cool. And no, there's they both had very successful NBA careers. Yeah, most people, definitely. people didn't think much of Carlos Arroyo, then he's playing a big role in the Heat, and he had yeah. a 10 plus year career. So that's the, uh, the player comparison side, and I wanted to do a coach comparison. Uh -huh. You spent uh, your time at NC State, coached by Mark Gottfried. Mm -hmm. Can you give me the lowdown on Mark Gottfried's coaching style? Uh, big motivational guy. Um, he's the type of guy that will get you pumped for the game, like ready to go to war. Uh, there was one thing, like we'd be going through the scouting reports, and he would say something like, that's enough about them. They gotta guard us too, pal. <laughs> so, so was he now? Was he most of the posit a positive reinforcement yeah, type of guy? Yeah. Was there any disciplinarian in him that uh, you just like get on the line? You guys were running that type of guy, or how did he interact um, with you guys generally? A little bit of both. Um, you know, he's he's very a, a very understanding coach. You know, kind of. Um, Players coach kind of lets you do what you do, but also knows when to put you in line and knows when you're you're half-ass in it, sort of say. So a little bit of just both. So is there a comparison at all then with Coach Schmidt? Because he seems like, to me, from the outside looking in, seems like someone you really want to do well for. That yeah, yeah, that, that's a big comparison. Him and Mark Godfrey could, could be similar, you know, similar... Um, you know, not so uptight, kind of laid back, cool, calm, um, kind of lets their players play. Um, coach is going to let you figure it out. So I, I would say, yeah. Okay, I'm glad that uh, we're in yeah, agreement was, a little yeah, bit. That's quick. Nice. Okay, so, and now you've been, unlike a lot of your teammates, you've been in the professional ranks for 10 plus years. So you haven't needed a coach in a while where a lot of it is motivational. And the pro head coaches I've talked to, they've said, especially Patrick Patumbo, who coaches the 905, he said, we agree, we're not going to motivate guys. They're, that's what they do on their own. But I was wondering with Coach Schmidt, he does this thing where I've never seen any coach do it this much, He, especially at the pro level. He gives his players a high five or a low five when they check out of the game. He gives them a low five when they check into the game. He gives them a low five anytime, even if like he's subbing a guy out for a bad effort. Does that gesture, to someone like you especially, does that gesture actually mean anything? Um, it's, it's hit or miss, just being honest, in terms of, like, the, the play of what's going on throughout the game. I think uh, most, of those, most of those times he's doing that is to kind of keep you engaged, which some people, like myself, are able to stay engaged regardless of if it's good or bad. So some players need that, especially on our team because we have a young team. So for him to do that throughout the game is definitely for our younger guys to, to keep you to say, hey, stay engaged. I'm still with you. I'm still riding with you. And, la and last one for you, in terms of that staying engaged, is there a point in your professional career or maybe even happened for you in college where you, were, where you realized that you were able to stay engaged on your own rather than needing perhaps an outside force to help you do that? Uh, yeah, definitely. Earlier in my career, uh, high school, you know, um, I decided I wanted to do basketball for real. I, that kind of was the engagement for me. Um, uh, just a lot of my friends were doing other things, partying and going out. I, I was going to the gym, so that was my my thing. I wanted to play Division One. I. I wanted to, you know, play professional. So.
that was the staying engaged for me. Well, you've parlayed that uh, engagement into an incredible career that's definitely still in full flight. So with three games to go, Alex, we, I want to say we wish you the best of luck, and uh, I really appreciate the time. Uh, thanks for having me.